0: Hey, thanks for tuning in to the Bethlehem Church Podcast, where our goal is to offer you compelling biblical content to equip you to live an empowered Christian life. Each week, you'll hear a message from our lead pastor, Matt Robinson, or another member of the Bethlehem team. We also host a conversation every week where we unpack different facets of Sunday's message. We're so excited about this conversation and we hope it's a blessing to you. Let's jump in. Well, we are live. Our Ooh. intro did not work, so we will play that at a later time. It didn't. <laughs> Man, huh? It, just didn't, it didn't. Yeah, it didn't. Uh, so we're live broadcasting cool. here. We're trying our hand at this thing again. Yeah, uh, yeah. If you're tuning in with us, please like and share this post with your friends so that they can converse with us and have a great time, yeah. because they're going to have a great time. Um, but this week, we are talking about your message, Habakkuk, part three. Yeah. So this is part three in a series and yep. what we do. If you have not watched these before, as we kind of go through and we see what was left out of the message, what might have been interesting that wasn't uh, quite preaching material, maybe. And uh, we just talk about stuff. That's what we're here to do. Yeah. This is another podcast of people just talking. Just conversing. That you may or may not care about. Because there's
1: not enough of those. Exactly.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So what we are doing today is uh, we're conversing. So... Question of the day here, and uh, if you have an answer to this that's interesting, pl- feel free to put it in the comments. Uh <laughs> this is a weird one? No, it's not weird. It is oh, funny, okay. though. Uh, what's a ridiculous thing that somebody has uh, either tricked you into doing or believing? Say that again. What is a ridiculous thing, and it may be like an absurd thing, I don't kay. know, something that someone has tricked you into
1: doing mm-hmm. or believing? Mm. Oh, man. I'm on the fundy trail today. <laughs> <laughs> hit us. Totally hit us with on it. the fundy trail today. Uh, something that I was tricked into doing or believing. Um, that drums were wrong in music. <laughs> That's fair. You were tricked
0: into believing that. It's <laughs> a lie from the devil.
1: You heard <laughs> yeah. it here first. Yeah. Uh,
0: I always think back to, so you guys ever play a carnival game and you win a goldfish? And yeah. of course they're all like these inbred goldfish that don't live more than like three hours Mm. if that if they even survive like the (laughs) carnival if you even get it alive yeah (laughs) and um for we got one and of course my parents wouldn't let me keep it because we didn't have a fish tank and they knew what was full well was going to happen uh to this goldfish and so i kept it at my grandmom's house and uh i have no idea how long this fish lived but uh for years she told me she's like oh i gave it to my friend that lives down the street here she has a fish tank and you know she felt like it'd be a good (laughs) good addition to her fish tank and i was always like oh sweet that's yeah. awesome you believed it and yeah and so years <laughs> years go by and i mean i'm t- and i was probably like 12 yeah. when this happened yeah, and if that and years go by and eventually this friend moved to north carolina yeah. and i you know she took her fish tank with her obviously yeah and so you know the running the running thing for me was you know all these years i was fully convinced that I would check back in with her and she'd be like, oh, yeah, she's still got that fish, (laughs) you know. And so I'm like, you know, in my 20s, married to my wife. Still thinking. And we're like, you know, and I was like, Grandma, tell tell Chelsea about this fish that, you know, we got it from the carnival and it's still like living. And she was like, oh, sweetie, (laughs) (laughs) that fish has been dead for a long time. It never made it. I can hear your grandmother saying that. And An I just, sweetie. and it all just came together for me. And I was like, wow, <laughs> it was all a so disappointing. Yeah. So, um, I think yeah.
1: those carnival games too. It's like, we, <laughs> we, we're just at Disney not long ago and you, you know, you pay all this money for, for tickets to Disney to go in, to ride the rides. Right. And to have a time. But then like you get to the carnival part. And it's like there's not a carnival that exists on the planet that's not a ripoff. off <laughs> it's, it's true. just not. Even at Disney, it's like, don't you think that the the amount of money that you paid for tickets and all of that is worth maybe a stuffed animal and a prize and letting the kids play a game? You know? I no, feel like it. no, it's not. Yeah, that'll be another six dollars a try. <laughs> I feel like there has to be sixty bucks. Oh yeah, extra.
0: I feel like there has to be a good balance of like there and there's not, but there's got to be like some freebies in there. You know what I mean? Like literally, like we probably dropped like. I mean, the last dessert I bought was like fifteen (laughs) dollars for like this ice cream. And I'm like, y'all can't be reasonable about no anything. They're killing it. They are killing. They're it. making and people so much money. Are happy
1: to give them their money yeah. because it's Disney and I was happy to give one when them when them in money. Rome, You do the things, you yeah, know. Yeah, you do the, all the things. Yeah, it's just funny, man. The the amount of money that that place has got to be making. But I know it costs money. You know, like I know it's got to be crazy. They're yeah, they're co- like unimaginable. But uh, it, they're doing all right. Yeah, I feel like <laughs> I had carnival games for six dollars a toss. <laughs> right. It's like, can we just like, I don't know, can we get a wristband or something for yeah. these tickets that we're already paying for? I feel like I had
0: this thing in my mind of like it was gonna be like the most magical thing ever, uh, even though I'm 26 years old. Yeah. And then I'm like in Galaxy's Edge and I'm walking around and I'm like looking around. I was looking for. I wanted a freaking uh, helmet, like the star the starfighter helmet. I didn't have one of those. Well, they had them, but my head was too big for all of them. <laughs> And so I'm, like, looking around. Let's talk about the hat
1: that I bought you. Yeah, Mammoth Headwear. <laughs> it's our official sponsor. Um, when you have a large head, you got He wanted a hat, hats. so I literally had to find a company called Mammoth Headwear that would make a hat big enough to fit his dome piece. Yeah. <laughs> they don't, they're hard to come by. <laughs> oh, um,
0: but I'm, like, looking around. It was, like, one of those kiosk things, and there's, like, merch on each side. And I, like, went around to the one side, and I guess it was, like, a, it was like the cash register. Cash register? Cash. <laughs> cash it's a Cassian (laughs) it's a Casio Um, but um, you know I go around that side and I didn't even like touch anything I was just looking and I had already put together like oh that's not merch and this guy comes over like hey don't go over there (laughs) and it's like this dingy looking dude in a Star Wars outfit and I was like where's the magic man like this is supposed to be Disney and you're screaming at me so what if I steal your cash register
1: it was fun though that was a good that was a good time yeah it was uh, that whole Star Wars like section of Hollywood Studios I think it was Right? yeah super holy cool holy cow man mm-hmm. that was killer yeah it was incredible I got the blue milk it
0: was not actually milk which to me was a disappointment because <laughs> you love milk because I love milk yeah
1: it's my favorite and blue cool. is also
0: my favorite color so it's like you know it's like a thing a thing
1: yeah mm-hmm. have you li- ha- did you like Disney how was your trip to Disney have you been uh, we want to hear about it Put we want to hear comments. about <laughs> your
0: trip to Disney if <laughs> yeah. you've ever been if you've never been just make up something that you feel like would be cool about exactly. Disney and drop it in the comments yeah but, um anyway, shall we jump in? Shall we? All right, so jumping in here, so Habakkuk part three you've got uh, you've got some stuff outlined here, and if you uh, if you want to read these notes, if you go to the the sermon video. Uh, that we publish each week. The The notes are always linked uh, f- for his sermon notes, so if you want to take it and preach it and do something with it, <coughs> feel free to do so. Yeah, you probably uh, won't do that. We will not sue you, probably. Mm. Uh, hey, listen, we've got a building to pay for here, folks. Hey. We may or may not sue you. It just depends. <laughs> um, no, have at it. But uh, anyway, Habakkuk part three, we're moving through. This is the three three out of four weeks. Yeah. Uh, so this coming weekend is the finale of the series. I'm excited about it, too. It's going to be good. Yeah, it's going to be yeah. sweet. I, in preparing for this, I accidentally prepared for next week. Um, so, boy. he looked at the wrong notes. Yeah, we got some really good stuff coming for it's next week's conversation. But obviously, there's some, some good material here today. So, uh, jumping in here. So, I think, uh, based on your notes here, the five woes, I guess, is what scholars call... Uh, this section of dialogue in mm-hmm. Habakkuk uh, yeah. you want to maybe give us a just kind of give
1: us a pie-in-the-sky overview of, of what what's going on here? Yeah, I think that you know, we get this exchange right from Habakkuk receiving something from the people or him kind of just looking at the lay of the land looking what's happening, you know, what's or what's about to happen rather Too, um, You know, the fact that they're far from the Lord um, you know, the the king that's sitting in the throne at this point is uh, doing that which is evil in the eyes of the Lord. And uh he's he's basically calling out to the Lord saying, Look, there's still a remnant here. There's still people that are better than the people that are about to come in here and wreck us. And um so I think that's kind of the the premise here is uh prophets of old, they receive a message from the Lord to give to the people, and Habakkuk is really taking a message from the people to the Lord. And so um, he has two different exchanges before the five woes where he just kind of lays it out there. His feelings, his insecurities, um, the way he sees the Lord approaching this. And he doesn't agree with it. You know, he's like, this is not this is not okay." Right. The Chaldeans, the Babylonians, they're they're not good people. They're just consuming us for the sake of consuming. And you think they're going to you know, you think they're going to do right by it. You know, at (laughs) least we know who you are, God. Right. At least we're friends. Right. That kind of thing. And um, we're friends. Yeah, we're friends. But essentially they, uh, you know, the Lord gives an exchange with him twice and basically says that, look, I'm doing uh, what is right according to my purpose. And if you take a step back and we've compared this with First Kings, you know, around I think it's chapter First Kings 24 through 26, I believe. Um, But just looking at what (laughs) what these kings were doing. And, you know, they they deserved to be wiped off the face of the planet. You know, they deserved captivity. They deserved to be subjugated. Right. And so to me, that's like the the balance and the tension uh, that's created is, you know, they really deserve this. Habakkuk is is crying out for mercy um, and the Lord is saying you're going to receive mercy in the long run just by living by faith and doing what you're supposed to do. Um, which was really uh, the tail end of chapter one going into chapter two. Just live by faith. Yeah. Um, and I think that living by faith, right, it's uh, in our context, obviously I think it's a little bit different. Uh, yeah, well, I'm not going to say it's easier, but mm-hmm. I think it's encouraging and it's been encouraging to me to see that the predicament that they're in, um, you know, the same way out of their predicament is the way that, that we get out of ours. It's yeah. to live by faith. It's um, yeah. Anyway. I think the
0: principles are pretty universal across the board as far as yeah. what you know. I like what Michael Heiser says. Just like I like everything that Michael Heiser says. <laughs> I like everything. Um, everything mind. he says ever doesn't matter. <laughs> I eat the same restaurants. Yeah. Just kidding. Probably. Creeper. Uh, Mike Heiser, are you a Chili's guy? Like and comment. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> so uh, you know, but the concept of believing loyalty across both testaments, right? Yeah. You know, faith is there. the faith is the the hinge pin on in both throughout the whole story of scripture but what that looks like is different in the new covenant versus the old covenant Mm -hmm. you know what i mean it was a very different you express loyalty in different ways yeah um and that was the standard then and it's the standard now but you know i would agree with you in that i think that you know at least in our context i think that walking by faith is probably uh in our circumstances in our day Probably a little bit easier than what Habakkuk was going through at the time.
1: Yeah, there's there's certainly people in the world, and this kind of brings us into the the conversation of, of where last week's the conversation message, he said it exactly of where it went. Um, there are definitely people in the world today that are struggling with the same things, and it's there and it's in the text um, that those people were struggling with. But I think the important thing is to notice that you know he's addressing Habakkuk. He's saying, "Look at the Chaldeans." and their behavior is not justifiable and so therefore they should be wiped off the face of the earth and God was saying look at yourself right you're standing on the wall you're observing what's around look at your people look at the mistakes they're making and i think it's an important distinction right of humility when we see the fact that the world has its issues and has its problems but the lord loves them too you know yes. the lord's grace is extended to them too and we have our issues And we have our sowing and reaping that happens, and the Lord has to work within that. So just because we have been— What a mess to work with. Yeah, it is a mess, right? (laughs) But just because we have—and let's bring this into a new covenant context. Because we've been delivered, because we've found salvation in the Lord, doesn't mean that there's not going to be consequences. Doesn't mean that there's not going to be sowing and reaping in our lives Mm -hmm. uh, because of decisions that we make. Um, and so there's that side of it. Right. And then there's the world's side of it where, um, the injustice in the world, the Lord shifts gears and he says, look, I'm going to use them to punish you basically. And it's going to happen. And I'm righteous and right in doing it. Um, yes, there are still, you know, the righteous remnant and you'll endure and you'll walk by faith. And all of that will lead to eventually my son coming the promise one, you know, the, Uh, the whole reason all of this is continuing is to bring Jesus into the world but uh, working off of that tension uh, the Lord is not going to you know Yahweh doesn't have this perspective and and it's funny too because and we're going to see this in next week's message the final message the tension between the gods of this uh, gods of the nations uh, Habakkuk is even using terms that describe their gods Mm -hmm. right and so, you know, he uses those. And I think it's almost like saying, do you really want to play into that? You really want to let them win? You know, this is what Marduk does. They think Marduk is the you know, you know the cat's meow. They think the he's ca- the one that's running the the show. The cat's meow. <laughs> yeah, love it. So, uh, I'm an old soul. <laughs> <laughs> they think Marduk is the
0: bee's <laughs> knees, friend. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs>
1: but that's the you know that's the case here, right? It's like you're you're gonna let him win, and you know the Lord's like, no. Uh, here's here's five reasons why they're gonna lose anyway. Yeah. And so the the sh- the shift. In perspective turns towards uh the chaldeans and the lord says look here's the Mm -hmm. condemnation that's going to come on them and so for me it's like looking at the construct of this book you have the idea that the lord is not going to uh perpetuate injustice in the world it's going to come to an end so the kingdom of god as it comes to fruition you know the, the kingdom of darkness is expelled it is eradicated and so that to me is like the the tension, the pulley system, mm-hmm. <laughs> Frank Kelly. the intricate pulley system, <laughs> right? The, <laughs> the intricate pulley system of, of like how this thing uh, functions where, you know, the spirit of God comes, bears witness, bears witness and brings truth. Right. And. Uh, you know, those that are in darkness will will be judged and, you know, they will come to an end and their end is their pride and it is what they've consumed. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of like the five woes. You are what you eat. (laughs) Yeah. Oh man. I had McDonald's yesterday. How did that treat you? Awful. Really? Yeah, I haven't had that type of like bad experience from McDonald's in a long time. <laughs> I'm like, man, I think I'm gonna. I had a f- I had five woes that I could have listed out from McDonald's. Five woes <laughs> yeah, turned man. into five flows. <laughs> oh, <laughs> got but um. Anyway, it, it's it's this tension. He turns to the Chaldeans and addresses it, and I think this is important for us to see. Um, the Lord does not condone sin. He's a holy, righteous God. And it's going to get dealt with. It is, but he has to work within it. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's us. We are, uh, in the right, the statement, uh, you know, we're in the world, but not of the world. Right. And that's Mm -hmm. kind of the tension of seeing what he's doing, but actually doing it right. Yes. Not saying that we have it figured out and that there's a difference, but saying the Lord's working in both of these things. Um, and so that's kind of the 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 nature of the five woes most scholars uh, agree that I that I you know that I read or uh, was able to research that the shift in focus it's not Jerusalem it's that these five five woes are towards the Chaldeans Mm -hmm.
0: but isn't it an, an interesting observation that there's even a debate that you can look at these and not know like oh yeah he's for sure talking about the wicked Babylonians like there's a it's probably you know there's it's probably intentionally ambiguous in a sense that, like, you could
1: think that it's Jerusalem. Well, because we, they we do it. They 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 bring it out, Um, you know, in, in that that there are parallels. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. he shifted it and pointed it at the Chaldeans. Mm-hmm. But but it looks like Jerusalem 100 yeah. percent. And many of it, you know, and when you bring that up, when you say that, uh, the woe number four is irresponsible leadership. And mm-hmm. I, I cited this. Micah 3.10, it says, who build Zion, right? Mm-hmm. We're talking about Jerusalem here, with bloodshed and Jerusalem with injustice. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's the same the it's same, the same verbiage used for Babylon. The same verbiage. So, yeah. and, th- and this is, you know, when people try to spiritualize, excuse me, when people try to spiritualize the children of Israel and God's chosen people and how they operated apart from the world and they separated, no, they did the same stupid stuff. They did. Yeah, they were judged. They were put in captivity. The prophets, uh, the prophet that was assessing the land and taking his cry to the Lord, there was another. Pri- uh, there was another prophet named Micah who who got a message from the Lord saying, "I'm condemning you, because you all have have put your own people uh, to slave labor. You've built your mm-hmm. own constructs, your own temples with unjust, unrighteous behavior." So they did the same stuff. Yeah. And it's it's just, you know, you look at
0: the whole picture and it's kind of sad. Like, slave labor really was reinstituted by, or instituted, I guess, by Solomon. Mm. You know, the 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 first yeah. heir of the Davidic dynasty, you know, reinstitutes slave labor to build his palace. Right. You know? And it just, you know, it keeps going. You know, the cycle keeps, you know, yeah. throughout the king's history, like, you've got one good king, he's successed by a bad king, which is his son, you know? right Like, it's just a, it, if there was ever a, you know, a story that just reeks of how important it is to to parent well. I would say, yeah, and to try to lead well. It's this one, yeah. You and know, you the whole story that. of Israel.
1: Yeah, the, remember that Facebook post of you know strong men, you know yeah. lead the good times, mm. you know mm. which great weak men. Which yeah. need to... it's a perpetuating it cycle, and I yeah. think
0: that uh, there's a group that I'm in, and they, you know, they were like my teenagers. Uh, you know, they they buy into this thing that uh, the older generation has has ruined the world for them and they're not taking any responsibility to clean it up. Mm. And they are like frustrated about the older generation because they feel like, um, the, you know, what has been left to them is, is a mess to clean up. And I think that there's, there's some truth on both sides of that. Mm. I think that's very overblown. Mm. And I think that it's very, uh, (laughs) misguided, but, uh, I, my comment back to that, I was like, that's true because like the generation before them and the generation after them will be people who Mm. will continue to mess our world up. Yeah. Like it's not a generational thing. There's not a generation that has been great. And then one screws it up, all the good stuff. Like there's always bad. There's always going to be people perpetuating what people create. And that's, that's evil. That's what we do. Yep.
1: Um, Sin is present in the world. It is. Until it's eradicated, (laughs) until that disease has been put to death. We're still going to have problems. Yeah. And so
0: until, you know, until Jesus comes back, things are going to be messy. Yeah. You know, they're going to have, there's going to be nasty situations even within the church because we're, we're nasty people sometimes. Right. And, you know, but what's interesting is, you know, when Habakkuk's like, don't you see that, like, we're better than the, the Chaldeans? And mm. God's like, first of all, no, <laughs> you're not. Yeah. Uh, second of all, I'm going to yeah. deal with them, too. Like, yeah.
1: they're not, It's not. You know, it's not like they get over on God.
0: Right. They're not know? getting one over on him. Yeah. They're going to be used for Israel's destruction, and then they right. themselves will be destroyed uh, by you know other foreign nations,
1: yeah, and I think that this is a really good perspective setter <laughs> for us, right? Persia entered the chat. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's really good. But I, I think for uh, you know for us, it gives us that perspective that you know the Lord is is not surprised. These are not things that are are hitting him from left field. You know, he has a plan. He's working out his purpose. And for for us to think that, like, we are at a spot or a specific place in time that's different than every other place in time, that's different than every other opportunity that other folks have been given, it's just, it just shows how self-absorbed we are. We're very self-absorbed and we're very spoiled. Yeah. So, it's, there's nothing new under the sun. We know that. Scripture says that. These feelings, these things that you fight with, other people are fighting with, and we're going to continue. But... Uh, I think on both sides, right, it's a miss for us to to read the five woes and, like Cody said, uh, see that there's Jerusalem in it, right? There's We are in some of this injustice. Mm. We are perpetuating, and so that's th- the five woes. The, the It's the cycle, right, of oppression and injustice. <laughs> it is an oppression cyclone. It's <laughs> it like is. a Hot Wheels track name. <laughs> <laughs> that's why we should come up with, like, Torah <laughs> Torah edition Hot Wheels. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Moses and the sea. Yeah. Yeah, but anyway. Come by the Leviathan Chariots. place. Ed. Oh my god. The twisting serpent. That's what we need. Yeah. Biblical toys. Yeah. Biblical Toys LLC. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Buy our stuff. We're buying. Yeah. We're going to move we're into an old merch.
0: Toys R Us building. We're going to be like Spirit Halloween stores. Not
1: not Toys R Us. What was the one I like to go to? It was uh KB Toys. Yeah, yeah. man. They had the best yo-yos. <laughs> the best yo-yos, yo. Back when like people actually you know played with yo-yos. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting and you look at the whole scriptural narrative like Israel was designed to be uh God's rescue plan for mm-hmm. the world. You know, the blessing yeah. of Abraham was to be a blessing delivered by Abraham to the rest of the nations. And here they are in need of rescue themselves again. Right. And right. it just it ke- <laughs> that cycle repeats itself mm-hmm. over and over and over again. And here we are the church you know, you know, a new Israel, so to speak, we are God's Israel, the church. Uh, We are his people and we are both a people
1: that has been delivered, but clearly a people that are still in need of rescue. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. So we, you know, we talk about how that cycle of oppression and injustice is perpetuated and we're either a part of perpetuating it or we're a part of stopping and ending that cycle. Mm -hmm. And so if you are still in the mindset that you don't perpetuate oppression and injustice and you have no part in that, Um, you know, I'll, I'll echo some, some comments from my post from last week. You know, you probably are in need of some confession and repentance, right? Yeah. There's, there's aspects of the church that we just really need We need to come clean. We need to say that we're not perfect. We haven't, we don't have this thing figured out. Um, and you know, we're, we're seeking the Holy spirit and we're, we're, we're really praying through this thing so that we can actually, uh, bring a gospel to a community, to a people, Um, that is pure, you know, that the Lord is using and that we aren't um, just perpetuating our kingdom, that we're not really like Habakkuk on the wall where, um, you know, we're saying this is how it is and this is what we're doing, but we're not listening for the Lord's response against how we're ministering or against our methodology or against, God forbid, how we think things should be, right? And so this, this conversation that he has, this exchange of prayers, this uh, word from the Lord about the five woes of oppression and injustice. It is a very healthy exchange that all of us can engage with, interact with, and and we can look at. is the And I think here's one for the church today, right? Uh, one of the points, and I'll just bring, we're not going to go over all of them. And if you want to know how to end that cycle, you're going to have to go listen to the message. You're going to have to, um, and it's behind the paywall, so you got to pay. <laughs> that's no, I'm not, just kidding. It's not true. Uh, but one of the Habakkuk 2, 12 through 14 um, you know, the Lord addresses specifically a woe about irresponsible leadership. And I think this is one that I have been very convicted over lately, me personally. So I'm just kind of sharing my own heart. Um, you know, our church, the the way we have set up our church leadership here at Bethlehem, um, I feel, I feel like is just so much more healthy than what I've been a part of in the past. Mm -hmm. And it allows me to say, no, we have other leaders. We have other people in place, um, that speak into this thing, that have a part of, that have a say to, um, you know, the structure and the systems and, and how Bethlehem is, is operating. And we do that because we think it's biblical. Um, but it's a gut check for you and for whoever, if you're listening or watching, what's the structure of your church? What's the structure of how you've set up your local uh, assembly? If you're a pastor watching this, like, do you have too much control? Is the leadership all in your hands or have you shared that leadership in a more biblical model? And it's just like that's one thing, right? This can go into so many areas. Your home, uh, what is this, you know, are you dictating as a husband orders to your wife? Is that your setup? Is that your system? Or do you view her as an equal counterpart in a relationship that you complement each other her giftings and abilities and your giftings and abilities. You're stewarding the leadership uh, and biblical headship that the Lord gave you, or are you lording over, right? It's This is how we break the cy- cycle. We have to start asking ourselves these questions. Is my leadership healthy? Am I unethical? There's, there's a whole piece in the beginning of the five woes dedicated to uh, unethical finance practices. Are you ethical in your finances? Do you keep track? Do you think that you... Uh, Give to the lord, but but it's not actually like you made a covenant with the lord of what you're going to give What that portion is going to be but are you ananias and sapphira where yeah, we give it But you know that you're not making true on that commitment These are the things that end the the cycle of oppression and injustice when you actually Aren't aren't you're more concerned with doing the thing that you and the lord know is right to do Versus someone knowing what you're doing for the lord as long as there's an element of what you're doing uh, for the Lord in service is for someone else to see, then you know it, it is slanted with injustice and oppression because it's not a true look and it's not a true view from your heart. And therefore, you will take advantage of other people to achieve something that is not the desired end result of being a servant. And and that's like where this message really ends and where it takes off really uh, is, is talking about Jesus and what he does for us and how Paul explains what he left in heaven to come to put on human flesh and took on him the form of a servant as a man, right? So it, it's really at the heartbeat of, uh, of what the church needs to really, uh, confront is what are we perpetuating? Are are we building the Lord's kingdom? Are we after the mission? Are we doing the great commission or 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 is it some sort of show? if it's some sort of show, if it's comparison, if it's something that is uh you know really building you up and it's not from a place of faith and centered in humility, um then chances are you're perpetuating the wrong cycle,
0: yeah, I think so. that was a lot. It's a good word, anyway. good word right there uh and just to kind of rehash where we're at, and again, if you uh watch the message or watch this podcast later on YouTube, uh the notes are published uh but uh, the first, first two things, the first two woes, have to do with unethical economics. Uh, mm-hmm. The the third is slave labor. Four, irresponsible leadership, and five is idolatry. Um, which the slave labor is interesting, and I think there's layers to that. Um, but and this is unrelated, but I feel like the, you know, it's in o- it's often a talking point among those who are not within the church that the Old Testament is it, it perpetuates slavery. Yeah, um, that's a bit, and it's a myth. Uh, slavery is present because guess what? You know, scripture was produced in a context that where slavery was a thing in the ancient Near East. Um, but it, what it what it doesn't, how it's not propagated, is that you know, the Old Testament does not endorse slavery. It does not endorse a culture. Um, and I think one thing that is prevalent in, uh, I don't know if you talked about this on Sunday or not, uh, debt slavery. Yeah, you talk about a that.
1: Bond, a bond servant. Yeah, I don't Mm -hmm. think so. Oh, but
0: so the idea slaves in the Old Testament, right? Let's talk about how the Bible endorses slavery, quote unquote. Um, a a common thing that happened like so, we they didn't have what we have today in that you know, if you have not enough rainfall and you yield a bad harvest, you can either A starve to death, uh, or you can B sell yourself into debt slavery so you and your family can live and you work off that debt as a slave. For the next year or two years, or whatever the amount of time is, right. and so yes, slavery was exi- yes slavery existed and was uh, I guess you could say it was endorsed by the Torah, but in a very different sense than we think of today, right uh, when we think about slavery, we think about. Uh, how, you know, our ancestors here in America, we, you know, we would essentially kidnap people and buy them. You know, we would purchase humans as if they were property. Lesser than. Lesser than. We viewed people, we viewed African Americans, uh, not we as in us, but, uh, you know, people at the time viewed African Americans as somebody who was less than human. Uh, and I think there's a lot of people that thought that they were not descendants of Adam, which made it okay to enslave them. Um, and there's just a lot of bad thinking there. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is why theology good theology matters right. Bad theology makes you think that there are people that look different than you that do not descend from a common ancestor, mm-hmm. and therefore that God does not
1: love them. Hit the pause button on that note too like i can 't tell you how many sermons that i 've heard addressing where slavery came from right. with ham and noah mm-hmm. and it's, it 's it, like it 's so wrong, yeah, there are literally like, people out there that who believe, believe that. that, yeah, like specifically, and if you ask your pastor. Like is where did slavery come from? And he goes to that passage of scripture and says, here it is. And that's what happened. Yeah. Like the answer is no, and that's wrong. And, you know, you should really seek out other uh, and to a pastor that says that like there are really bad preconceived notions that certain, uh, I would say, subgenres of a genre, um, <laughs> you know, believe and they take to and they use it to perpetuate or propagate their. Uh, their own perspectives and their own ideologies that are not scriptures, yeah, like big time. Uh, what you call, um, what inter- you call interracial dating and slavery yeah. coming from? Like it is none of that is in the scripture. There is a different perspective that they have just not been privy to, um, and I remember the day. I could probably take you to the place uh, in in time where. You know, I heard Michael Heiser talk about on the Naked Bible podcast Mm -hmm. what that passage actually means. And and I was like, like, oh, "Oh, that makes total sense. Um, And it's not about slavery and it's not the beginning of all of that. Right. The beginning of people being in slavery is sin and it's wretched and it's horrible. And it's just like every other uh, sin that should be eradicated and it should be abstained from. There's nothing in the Bible that condones that. And so if people have a racist mentality And they're trying to justify that by what they think is a biblical construct. It's wrong. And they should not do that. Um, And this passage of scripture specifically points to breaking those constructs down. It's Mm -hmm. saying you shouldn't perpetuate racism. You shouldn't perpetuate slavery. Right. And anytime that happens, it's no good. And what I think is interesting is that, uh, you know, like we talked about earlier, they did it to their own people you know mm-hmm. i don't i don't believe in victimization either right you know where we victimize people like it's wrong for anyone ever and so uh not to play the victim but to find victory right, right. in who jesus is and him becoming slave to what we were slave to and defeating that right mm-hmm. that's the ultimate the gospel is the ultimate agent that frees us all yeah. um but anyway i just wanted to kind of like oh, step absolutely. in and point that out like what what he's saying is just to bring weight to it is you know, people have, you know, really bad ideologies when it comes to social constructs and really it's someone at some point probably was racist and mm-hmm. and they looked into the text and they found a couple of places where, oh yeah, the Bible condones that. No, not everybody believes that, believes like that, sees it that way. That's absolutely false and the Bible doesn't propagate those things. And there is a huge difference between uh, slavery as we know of what America dealt with and the sin of our past versus, uh, as, as a nation versus bond servant. Yeah. Very different different things. Yeah.
0: And that I think is the mist. That's the miss, right? When people look at like, see, the Bible talks about slavery and, you know, it talks about people owning slaves and all these different things and, and they, they miss these details. Right. And then if we read scripture through a Western eye and we look at, uh, you know, Genesis, I think it's Genesis nine, uh, it might have be it might be eight uh, where where Canaan is cursed because of the sin of Ham. And you look at that. And if you look at that and without any prompting, you're like, oh, well, that's got to be black people. Right. Like that's super messed up. We've literally heard that. I yeah. have heard that preached. Mm-hmm. And that's not right. Yeah, it's not right. Yeah. It's not OK. And um, there are better ways to think about these things. But we right. can't do that if we misunderstand where scripture comes from. That's right. And what it's trying to communicate. Yeah. Um. So that's you know, that's that. Um, and then idolatry uh, is the last one here. Yeah, man. Um, and we'll maybe we'll close out on this one because we've been broadcasting for 39 minutes. Oh, wow. my goodness gracious. With a five-minute countdown, Just I guess. Just having a chit-chat. Just having us a chit-chat here. Uh, so this is interesting. So the, the verse uh, 15 here, he says, Woe to him who gives his neighbors drink, pouring out your wrath and even making them drunk, in order to look at their nakedness. Yeah, man. You will be filled with disgrace instead of glory. You also You also drink and expose your uncircumcision. Yeah the cup in the Lord's right hand will come around to you and utter disgrace will cover your glory. Yeah. (laughs) Your glory. (laughs) Um, But it's just interesting you read this and it's, you know, the imagery is very lewd, um, but it's, you know, but it's communicating a point. It's like, you know, (laughs) you also drink and expose your uncircumcision. And really it's like, uh, do you think it's uh, a circumcision of the heart thing? Is that kind of what's being communicated here? Or do you think that it's like no, yes, uncircumcision yes no. in the sense that like you expose yourself and what you really are, yes. what you really are at your core is 100%. one of the uncircumcised like Babylon. I think that for me, it's it's a, he's showing a <clears throat> progression. Oh, he's showing all right. <laughs> yeah, and just to <laughs> give context, <laughs> circumcision was a, a covenant sign in the Old Testament. Right. Uh, so, you know, if you were circumcised as an Israelite yeah. uh, for, a, you know, Fill in the blank on, on what that means. Uh, but, you know, that was a way of, of being identified. Right. And in this passage, they're
1: talking about, like, you expose yourself, and guess what? You ain't circumcised, friend. Yeah, and I, I think, of course they weren't, right? They were Chaldeans. But from that perspective, like... Right. The shift, but yeah. The shift is... Um, I'm blending it with Jerusalem by mistake. No, but, no, but I un- I understand, and I think that each point can be yeah, can it go can be. Ways. But yeah, you're right, Chaldeans, right. But I think that the point is is saying, look the the woe that is against you, your first initial action, what people would point out is, you know, you're getting them drunk to sleep with them, or to take advantage of them, or to steal from them, mm-hmm. right? Um, and and the prophet is receiving from the Lord that. All those are our manifestations of the heart. Yeah. Right. And so that's like the, the underlying layer is you're not a part of the covenant promise. And so um, if th- that is like so applicable to the church today, if you are if your motives. Right. And I, I took this to the Pharisees. Right. I mean, I took this the opposite direction. Yes, you did. Um, which I think is what Jesus did right? When you see Jesus talking about someone who on the outside looked a certain way, but on the inside, they were full of dead men's bones, right? Mm -hmm. Um, The new covenant is a sign of a new life, new creation, right? So if your insides are full of dead men's bones, it's the opposite of new life. It is uh, a sign that you have not been circumcised or been a part of the new covenant, right? And so that imagery is consistent with the new covenant. And so how we approach that for me, it's looking at these actions, the tendency and the propensity of the, the church is to say, those issues are what matters. That's not what the text is pointing to. The text is pointing to those things are happening because of uncircumcision. Mm-hmm. And so your lifestyle will, you will take advantage of people. You will do all of these things, but really it's because of your heart. It's yeah. really because you've not been recreated. You've not been made new in in Jesus. And so I love the, when it gets to that idolatry piece, it's like literally they're trying to manufacture everything on the outside. They're mm-hmm. trying to take a hunk of wood and make it into an idol, but they're not breathing life into that thing. Right. Yeah. You know, they're, they're literally trying to consume people for themselves, but it's really just because of their uncircumcision. Yeah. You know, like what a, it's just an incredible truth. It's yeah. like Right there.
0: You know, the same things that we deal with today. Yeah, and it's you know, and this idea of uncircumcision and circumcision, <laughs> circumcision of the heart, <laughs> it really develops uh, throughout it the does. latter end of the Old Testament and the prophets, and it's a big deal when we talk about uh, you know what it means to be sanctified in the New Testament. You know, what Jesus does is he, you know, he does circumcise our hearts. He removes, you know, that. Well, I, I, I'm not going to carry that imagery yeah, too far. Yeah, just go ahead. And keep going. <laughs> just, I'm just wondering where you're <laughs> yeah. going with this. <laughs> That was about he to go remo- somewhere. Yeah. yeah, he removed. No, yeah, we're not cut, going there. Cut that, Drew. Oh yeah. wait, this is live. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah, um, but it does.
1: He he carries that illustration. He carries it into the New Testament, and and it is vivid. Uh, and and that's for all of the people that that struggle with PG thirteen or R rated stuff. It's yeah. like there's a lot of things in the Bible that. Um, you know, it, the audience should be considered, you know, even when talking about and discussing sure. those yeah. things, discretion um, is a must <laughs> discretion is advised so, discretion is advised. Yeah. But it's, it's just incredible imagery wrapped around these woes to say, look, what are you perpetuating? And so for me, it was like just a gut check moment. Okay. I need to go into these five woes. And I need to like make sure that I'm not perpetuating that cycle. I need to make sure that I'm not a part of what's feeding into that and that I'm breaking the cycle, that I'm uh, stepping into my God-given role um, of, of being a new covenant believer and just saying like, look, I, I'm going to lose my life for his sake. I'm, I'm going to give of what I have. You know, and I, I'm, I mentioned a few verses and, and go back and, and watch the message, but it's, you know, it's the upside down nature of the gospel that will save the mm-hmm. world. It's the upside down nature when you choose to act differently for your coworker, when you choose to do something that is everyone in the room would be like, yeah, you're totally justified in in laying them out or being a jerk or whatever. Like you're totally justified in giving it to him and you choose to do the opposite. You squelch, you drag that thing into the light, you know, instead of leaving it in the darkness where it grows, where it yeah. perpetuates like we as as Christians, we got to drag this stuff into the light and let the gospel do its redeeming, purifying work, you mm-hmm. know, in, yeah. in every area. Good stuff. Yeah, man. Any words you want to leave the people with before we go? Man, I just want to say I love you, and I'm I'm thankful if you uh, watch and tune in and like and share. You yeah, know, we're just trying to get the message of the gospel out.
0: Yeah, we're just trying to get it out there, and we're uh, we're trying this new thing where
1: we live stream each week instead of pre-recording, and we're just kind of seeing how that goes. We've done it before. Yeah, you know, this is See a if we different venue, but um, either way, the stuff's going to be on the on the podcast on the channel. You know, yep. this will be on our YouTube and on Spotify, Apple yeah. m-
0: Apple Music or whatever Apple Podcasts. I don't know what. However, the Apple stuff works. I don't I'm an Apple strings. guy now, but I still use Spotify. So, Me too. yeah, it's the best because yeah, we're we're authentic. <laughs> um, but anyway, so if you uh, if you if you like this, let us yeah. know if you like a live stream uh, or if you just like to watch it on YouTube pre-recorded. I don't know. Uh, but otherwise, we will see you on Sunday and next week. Yeah. Come if you can come tonight. Maybe you see. Yeah. This come to church tonight. We're, we're if you're seeing this week.
1: right now. This is your sign. Yeah. This, we're in our third week of evangelism training that we're doing uh on wednesday nights um and so we're going to pass out some handouts tonight and it's really the finale uh doing some role play with gospel conversations and i'm really really excited so if you've got some time six thirty tonight right here at church um and then uh sunday to wrap up the habakkuk series wrapping it up it.
0: Mm. yeah love you god bless you god bless do less peace <laughs> Thanks so much for tuning in for this conversation on the Bethlehem Church podcast. We hope it was a blessing to you. If you want to know more about us, feel free to check out our website at BethlehemChurch.cc and also in every conversation we publish, you'll find our sermon notes in the description and we hope that you'll study these topics further. We'll see you next time.